Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Watford Buzz Podcast, the place where we chat about the greatest team in the land, Watford FC. Today we'll be building up to the Nottingham Forest game with Forest fan and podcast host Luke Turton. But before that, I'm delighted to welcome back to the show football journalist Adam Newson to chat about the horns, obviously. And Adam, well, what a result that was yesterday. 4-1 against Preston and arguably the best performance of the season too. Yeah, it was a probably overdue performance in, in a respect of given how... Uh, sort of sluggish a lot of what performances are it was nice to see them come out and um and really take the game to an opponent albeit one which uh was um quite impacted by injuries Ivic has been uh recently trying out different formations 4-3-2-1 a couple of games ago against Preston he went to 4-4-2 and often overlooked system these days as as being maybe a formation of the past but uh, it's it's one that they really excelled in and and well I, I, I think they might keep that shape now that they've uh, they found it yeah, it will be. It will be interesting to see what happens now. Um, when the lineup came out yesterday, there was a, a bit of uncertainty about how Watford would exactly shape up. Obviously, you know the four four two with with Dini and Andre Gray up front, um, Saar right, Dominguez Kina left it was an interesting lineup, um, and it worked obviously very well um, from an attacking perspective. Um, yeah, this was undoubtedly Watford's best game of the season. Um, I, you know the XG for that game. Watford's XG was just three point one six, which is by far the highest they've had all season. Um, it's the first time they've had more than twenty shots in a game this season, and um, I think what was really evident was that there was a real desire to progress the ball forward, um, which hasn't always been there. I think you know we we've all seen games with Watford this season, um, no more so than than the Bristol City game really mm. uh, in midweek, where Watford were very very cautious on the ball. They didn't really take chances with their passing they always sort of took the safe option of going back there wasn't real inventiveness to to the play um, and in midweek honestly I was a bit concerned that you know in those early games of the season when Watford weren't playing brilliantly and um, you could understand it to an extent of there was so much uncertainty around the team and the squad and it was sort of a let's just get through these games and then we'll work out where we are um, but 13 games in, it was it was concerning that Watford still looked very ponderous and yeah. to the to the point where I was concerned that they were almost being overcoached by Ivic to the point where there weren't there wasn't any in sort of freedom to really take chances with the ball. But fortunately, that all <laughs> changed yesterday with the change of shape. And you know, Watford completed 160 forward passes yesterday, which is the most that they've completed all season. Um, so. 
we'll see if it, if it, if it's this formation they keep going forward. I've, I have some reservations uh, as to whether it's the right system to play against teams who also want to dominate the ball. Um, I think it was very it was very good against a pressing team who were very willing to sit sit off and and not try and dictate the game. They were happy to try and contain Watford, perhaps due to the uh, to the number of players they had out, but. Mm. Um, but in terms of yeah, maybe going forward against teams who who aren't going to really pose that uh, threat with the ball, then four four two may be the way to go because it did seem to suit a, a lot of the players, and it really it seemed to shift the mentality of uh, from the four three three of contain. It really shifted it to a let's go out and attack now. Yeah, I was going to highlight the fact that um, of course Preston were weakened through through injury and. They they did sort of set up a little bit as if they were they were willing to um to to let us have a lot of the ball. But said so there just then um it it could be a formation that we use maybe not every every single game going forward, but certainly it's an option now that we know that at least in those circumstances we can we can excel in that in, in those areas. Yeah, exactly, and I think it's a formation that probably suits uh, a few players. Uh, better than the four three three, and sort of namely Troy Deeney, and, and I'm sure we'll talk about him a bit more. But you know, Troy is someone who I think has always performed better uh, when he has had someone to play alongside. Uh, going back, however many years you want to go back, really, you look at, mm. and this isn't this isn't just a Troy is good alongside. So, and I, I genuinely believe that Troy makes his strike partner better yeah. um which i think you look at people like mate vidra odin igalo mm-hmm. um all these like sort of the players down the years that troy's played alongside he has not only looked better himself but he's also tended to bring out the best in these players which is why you know mate vidra scored so many goals at watford first time round and second time round and igalo did so well um alongside dini as well so from that perspective it really does bring out the best in dini having someone to play alongside so I think you probably should consider that given given he's still I think yesterday he proved that he really does have a role in this team still even though uh, he doesn't have the same attributes that he had last time Watford in the championship but um, he might be a great partner for Agel Pedro uh, he, he might be I don't I don't want to get into the Andre Gray stuff too much because he's taking a bit of a battering at the moment um, but obviously he went off injured as well but he could maybe try and help uh, Andre Gray rediscover something close to his best, um, or you know it'd be interesting to see how he long play, uh, plays alongside Perizzo as well if they they get a run in the team together. So yeah, I mean four four two, great against a team like Preston, great for Troy Deeney. Um, so we'll see if it if it continues in the, in those type of games. But I do have a feeling that Ivich will go back to a four three three or three five two, if Watford are coming up against perhaps one of the better teams in the Championship. Well, we'll see what happens there. I mean, you're, you're right, though. It was a, a, just a, a very, very, very commanding performance from Troy Deeney, who was uh, back on penalty duty again. And uh, I think it was uh, a quite a, a nice sight to see Troy Deeney pick up that ball when, uh, when Watford were given a penalty, wasn't it? It was, it was. And there's not really anything overly complicated about how Troy Deeney takes penalties. Uh, and I think the Preston goalkeeper knew that, which is why he stayed right in the middle. Um, <laughs> but, you know... <sighs> Troy's a powerful bloke and when he leathers the ball like that even if you stand straight in the line of it as the goalkeeper did if it's either side of you or just above you you don't really have time to react to it um so it's good to see him score um first goal of the season he also you know he obviously teed up Chiloba's goal uh which was a very good finish mm. from him um 
he helped Saar, he was, he was his chest down for Saar to win the penalty as well. So, you know, he was involved. There was a header from uh, from across he should have scored. But, say, he was involved and, you know, first half he was a bit quiet. Second half he really did, he really did come into it. So, yeah, you know, when, when Dini plays well, Watford kind of tend to play well um, and vice versa, I think. So, say, it's good to see him... In the starting eleven, and even though Watford do have younger, sort of a bit more of a forward-thinking to the future team at the moment, I think Deeney definitely does have a role still in this in this side. Absolutely. Um, are you right, Deeney? Uh, started in a, in a two with um, with Andre Gray, but Andre unfortunately picked up an injury. But when Pedro came on, he Pedro played in, in almost the exact same position that Gray was playing. And it's a position he hasn't really played for the last few games because he's been sort of more shifted out wide. But I thought Pedro was was excellent again up front, uh, especially in that two with Dini. And it, just, it really worked. And, and you felt as though, it, it, like you said earlier, it's it, he's a he's a player, Pedro, that can be improved by Dini playing in that role with, with the two. And, you know, he even scored a decent goal. I mean, albeit it wasn't a link-up play between Dini. It was, it was a great cross from, from Garner's corner. But... Mm. He just it seemed like he enjoyed playing with in that two with Dini. Yeah, it's it interesting when Andre Gray went off and João Pedro came on. I did. Uh, I thought maybe that Watford would um, go back to the four three three with Pedro out on the left, Dini up top, Sar right, and then moving Kino in field to make a, f- a three man midfield. But um, but no, it was nice to see obviously the four four two remain. And I think for João Pedro, it's easy. To, I guess it's easy to forget that you know this is still his first season in English football, where he's going to be playing regularly. He is still a teenager, um, and the championship isn't easy uh, for for any player, no matter how experienced you are. So having someone like Dini there, who will sort of occupy centre backs, will take a bit of that physical battering. It's probably going to be beneficial for João Pedro because he can do a little bit more work off the ball. He can link up play with Dini he doesn't have to be that sole uh, sort of especially as he was in the beginning of the season that sole presence up front where he is trying to occupy two or three defenders which is an, is an incredibly hard job for for any striker let alone one with who's quite inexperienced and still adapting to a new country so yeah it'll be interesting to see if the front two of, of Dini and Jao Pedro remains because I do think it's got some some real potential because they are quite different players um you know, Jao Pedro is a little bit more probably technically gifted than, than Troy. He's a bit more sort of cute on the ball, whereas, you know, Dini, you know, not to completely dismiss Dini's ability on the ball, because I think he's proven before he can be quite intelligent on it. Um, but I think, yeah, there's a real potential to form a nice partnership there if if Watford do want to stick with a front two going forward. Um, although, as I said, I think I'm a little bit doubtful that they will in sort of the bigger, harder championship games. Mm. It was it was one of those games where um, writing up for this for this little chat, I was I was going through the whole team and I, I almost could could have picked out anybody because almost like everyone had a had a good game. And it was so nice to, to to be in that position again because it, we've had a few disappointing uh, performances. But another player that I wanted to mention was Nathaniel Chalabai. He scored a decent goal and he he was a player that uh, that really seemed like he he enjoyed his his game yesterday. Yeah, it was a, an excellently taken goal. Um... I guess for for the for Chalaber, it's it was a sort of game which kind of suited him because there wasn't a lot of pressure on the ball from Preston, so he had time to to sort of take a touch and really assess what he was going to do with it, rather than the sort of rough and tumble of normal Championship games. Um, 
So it is, I think everyone would like to see the 17-year-old Nathaniel Chalabar again. I'm not sure that's going to be sadly possible because mm. I think just because of his injury, he's probably a little bit less mobile um, and maybe just as explosive in those first few yards as he used to be. But um, it's, his technical quality is definitely there, um, as he proved with his goal. Uh, so yeah, say it was nice to see him perform well. There were lots of... There were lots of very good performances from Watford players yesterday. Whether or not that's simply a case of, you know, you get two or three goals up and then you feel a lot more relaxed and comfortable to express yourself uh, is part of that reason. But, um, yeah, I mean, if if you're going to play a 4-4-2 and Etienne Capoue's fit, does Chalaba play alongside Capoue? Hard questions. Hard questions. I, I, I would probably say no. I think you probably play Kapoor over Chalibur and then have someone like a James Garner in there to scuttle around and and try and put out fires because he's a bit more mobile in that respect and a bit more um, just simply younger. So he has a bit more energy. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens going forward if Watford do play 4-4-2 and, and that midfield duo who it will be. But um, but no, it was, it was good to see it was good to see Chalibur play well and as I say, there were so many good performances yesterday. I don't think there was really a Watford player who played badly. Mm. Is there anybody that you wanted to pick out, Adam, that you, th- you thought particularly deserved a mention? Um, I thought Cabaselli was very good uh, at centre-back. He looked a lot more comfortable in a in a back four yeah. where he wasn't really getting pulled out to wide areas uh, as much. So I thought he looked good. Um, Ismail Asar looked a bit more purposeful than he has in the last couple of games. I think that's... You know, everyone knows how good Ismail Asar can be. Um, I think there's there's a bit of frustration sometimes, and it, it was evident against Bristol City. You know, when he got he got the ball down the wing, and he has 25 yards to run into, and you're just like, go, go. And then, but he was really hesitant against Bristol City for some reason, where he would obviously sort of stop and then check back and knock the ball back, and it was really really disappointing. But um, yeah, he looked a bit more purposeful yesterday. Looked a bit more. Willing to to run without the ball, uh, looked a bit more confident on it. So that was that was pleasing to see. And also, no, uh, not to Dominguez Kina, who was playing in a a bit of an unorthodox left wing position in the sense of it's not. I don't think it's going to be his natural role. Um, but he he did well, and he's he's sort of growing into the team a little bit. He was good against Bristol City, probably the most threatening player in that game. And and again yesterday, he was just involved and obviously got his goal coming in at the back post, which was mm. which was well taken. Yeah, it was a great taking goal, wasn't it? And, and a good performance from from Garner again, like just sort of holding things in the middle, and then those set pieces. He's he's certainly uh, been identified as being the person that uh, is going to be the the one that takes everything. And 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 you can see why, because the majority of the time, he, you know, he he puts in some really great deliveries. And uh, Man United have got a really good player on their hands there. Yeah, so it was. Uh... I think you know he he's definitely going to be Watford set piece taker throughout this season um, as things stand and yeah his against alongside uh, and alongside Chaloba his his sort of energy and mobility is important just to put out any fires and cover the ground a bit uh, a bit more efficiently than Chaloba so yeah it was good a good performance for him as I say there wasn't there wasn't really a bad performance from any Watford player yesterday there was you know from from back to front really everyone was a 7 out of 10 at least um, and Gakia did very well on his side um, yeah to say there's there's no one really you can you can knock Fiesta's performance everyone everyone did a good job do you think this game could be Watford's catalyst for the season Adam that this is the the one that that got us back on track after a few disappointing performances or am I getting a bit too carried away there I don't really know it's, it's really tricky because you know at the end of the day Watford the third um, 
they're two points off top, and I know we've we you know we've all said this across the fourteen games. It's kind of, it's like Watford aren't really. You don't even know what gear Watford are in technically mm. at this moment. Like, are they in third gear, fourth gear? Is this is this it? Is this Watford? Like, is this the best they can do? Um, yesterday would suggest no, uh, but it's say it's really hard to judge where they are exactly. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, Watford are two points off top. They they're unbeaten in five. Uh, six games. Can't remember if it's five or six now. Um, so it's hard to really knock what 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 they've been doing. Um, you know, hopefully going forward, yesterday's game does sort of open up a bit more of an attack-minded approach, which would be nice. I think, especially with fans coming back into into the into Vicarage Road going forward, it would be nice to see Watford sort of knocking two or three goals every week obviously that isn't realistic in the long term but it would be nice to see Watford go out and actually attack games um so in that respect yes but in terms of a catalyst for the season I mean you know that we're 14 games in and Watford are two points off top so it's hard to to really knock what Watford have been doing even though there have been a few understandable concerns mm. Okay then. Well, Nottingham Forest up next on Wednesday. Last season they were they were quite a force under Lamucci, but they've they've not started well this season and ultimately made the change to appoint Chris Hewton. Uh, what do you think is going wrong at Forest, Adam? Uh, I'm not going to pretend I watch Nottingham Forest every week, um, <laughs> but uh, but they seem to be very very inconsistent. Um, you know, they they blow hot and cold. They've they've had a few. They've had a couple of wins recently, and then they've lost games. So. You know, it's it's not always easy in the championship to to sustain. You know, if you miss out on promotion one year, that can impact you the next year. Perhaps that's that's down to it. But you know, at the end of the day, Nottingham Forest should be a club that is, you know, challenging for a place in the Premier League. The fact they're not is mm. is not is is not is telling. So, you know, hopefully Watford can continue where they left off against Preston. But uh, as I say, you can't. I don't think you really know what you're going to get from from Nottingham Forest which is obviously from my view looking in rather than having a day-to-day knowledge of exactly what's what's going on there from the outside they're a struggling side so do you think we'll see the 4-4-2 against Forest uh, ooh, uh perhaps um perhaps is what I'm gonna say <laughs> I mean away get you know it's an away game Watford have tended to be a bit more conservative away than they have been at Vicarage Road um but you know, Chris Hewton, this is again probably leaning on a bit of a cliche rather than knowing exactly what Nottingham Forest have been doing, but um but they you know, Chris Hewton's size don't tend to be that easy to play against. Um so potentially Evich will may want to look to solidify things a little bit more, but as you say, they they're they're struggling, they're not in great form, so maybe he will throw caution to the wind a little bit more and, and decide to go with the front two, which you know, I think from fans' perspective, it would be nice because it might give an opportunity to see a bit more of Dini and uh, Jao Pedro as a two, and Saar flying up the right wing, and Keener coming inside to to open up space as well. Yeah, you mentioned there that uh, Watford going away aren't, aren't the best, and uh, I mean, if you look at just if you, if you split out the tables into Watford's home form and Watford's away form, Watford would be top if they were playing at home, uh, with with six wins from from seven played and and no losses, but away. Watford have only won the once and they've, mm. they've lost both their games that they've lost this season away and they've managed to draw another four. It, you know, they're sort of down in the 16th kind of position yeah. if, if they're in a away table. 
it's struggling to kind of work out why Watford aren't playing very well away at the minute. I'm not sure if it's a simple case of a mentality issue, which you know either stems from from Vladimir Ivic or stems from from the players. Um, Watford, yeah, you know, not to, to keep harking back to that Bristol City game last uh, in midweek, but you know, Watford weren't. Uh, Watford don't appear to be as adventurous uh, when they go away from home. They don't appear to be as confident, uh, as purposeful. Um, and, that's, you know, it's not just the Bristol City game. I think you can probably bring up several examples. You know, you, the Wickham game mm. as well, going back to, to last month. You know, Watford don't seem to have the same approach when they're, they're playing away from home. And I say whether that is by design or just sort of by mentality that seeps in that they're away from home and they're not as comfortable. But... Yeah, I think they're going to have to improve that, obviously. Um, you can't just lean on your home form. Um, so it'd be a good opportunity for Watford to try and sort of change that approach. Whether you do that with playing a front two, well, you know, we'll see. Um, but yeah, there, there's definitely a, a, an issue in the sense of Watford can't just keep grinding out draws away from home. They're going to have to at some point start taking points because, you know, we know from experience when Watford went up, they... They went to they went to teams and really were swashbuckling and tried to beat everybody rather than just take a point here and there because in the grand scheme of things, the championship is so close that you know a point away from home sometimes isn't enough. Come the end of the season, you need to be you know either losing two games and winning one rather than drawing two games and losing one if you know what I mean. So um, mm. yeah, we'll uh, hopefully it does have that different approach um, going forward because I can't can't see Watford continuing to, to always win at Vicarage Road. They're going to have to start picking up wins away from home too. Against Forest, do you think we'll see any changes in personnel? Ivic has been pretty consistent in making two or three for, for most games, so it feels likely. But who do you think would come in for this one? Uh, it depends on fitness, I guess. Um, you know, it is a harsh schedule that the, guy, that the players are on. Um wouldn't obviously depends if Andre Gray his injury is 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 bad. I mean, assuming he probably won't feature in midweek either way, just because of a quick turnaround. So I mean, Jao Pedro might start. Um, not really sure if we can. You know, there's going to be much rotation within the fullbacks. Maybe you know if if Kiko Firmenier and Gakia both played well, the centre backs look solid. I mean, you know, it's it's not going to be an easy one to really change up because of how many players played well, but. I guess the only reason to do so is to try and keep people a little bit fresher because, you know, it's been a busy few weeks as is for Watford, but, you know, either side of the international break, they've been playing Saturday and then midweek games. And, you know, it, we all know how sort of punishing the December schedule can be as well. So um, I think there may be changes. I don't think it would be because anyone's played badly against Preston or anything like that I think it may just be a few a simple rotation just to try and keep people fresh going forward just because of the sheer amount of games that Watford are going to be playing again over the next month Okay, good stuff um, Just a, another word on, on the championship uh, in general and if we have a look at the, the table now and it's sort of quarter of the way through so it's, it's, it's not uh, the worst thing to be looking at the table at this stage but I mean there's a couple of teams there who you could be really surprised by. I mean, Derby right at the bottom. They've been having a terrible season, haven't they? Yeah, and I think you know you kind of look back to 
uh, last season as well, where I, there hasn't seen something right at Derby for the last couple of years. I think I read an interview with um, with Frank Lampard over the weekend, and he sort of said when he was offered the Chelsea job, it wasn't just because it was Chelsea, it's just he had an inkling as well that things weren't going to be very easy at Derby going forward. And he's kind of, you know, been proven right on that. Philippe Koku came in and, you know, did, did okay last year. They seemed quite inconsistent. And now, you know, things have spiralled and um, it looks as if Wayne Rooney might be, be given a, a, a job to, to try and get them out of that. That would be quite a bold choice. Mm. Um, but we'll, we'll see what happens there. I mean, you know, just looking at that bottom of the table, I think, uh, I appreciate this isn't a Wickham podcast, but <laughs> Wickham have done probably better than a lot of people expected, even no, though they yeah, only got no, even though they only got ten points. I mean, they're only a couple of points off yeah. of Nottingham Forest, despite having a much much smaller budget than any team in the division. Um, they're not, you know, necessarily too fancy in their approach, but you know they've only lost one of their last five, um, which for say a club of Wickham's uh, stature and and just the sheer. Uh, disparity between those between them and the rest of the teams in the championship in terms of budget is is quite an achievement that they're not seeing rock bottom um but yeah i mean it's a championship we all know you know mm. from from previous years what it's like it's impossible to really predict you know watford say are sitting a third at this point behind the other two relegated clubs from the premier league which well, yeah. isn't yeah i was gonna say that actually that was that was the that was my next point i was, I was gonna say it, it, despite reading's uh initial uh sort of charge it it's basically one, two, and three is are the teams that that were relegated from the Premier League. I mean, does that kind of almost show that um, you know the Premier League is is such a there's a big gap between that and the Championship, and even mm. the sides that have come down from the from the Premier League are, are excelling in in the Championship. Yeah, I'd, I thought in the summer or not the summer, and or was it late summer when the actual Premier League season finished? I did wonder if it was a good year to get relegated from the Premier League in the, in the sheer sense that a lot of Championship clubs obviously haven't had fans in their ground now for sort of half a season. Um, they've lost that element of of financial benefit, whereas Watford and Bournemouth and Norwich have lost loads of money, obviously by coming down from the Premier League, but they've got parachute payments. Um, and they got that sort of TV money for the back end of last season. Um, and whether or not that would give them an advantage, an even bigger advantage than normally from clubs coming down from the Premier League. Um, obviously, it's not reflected hugely in the points because there's only like, what is it, sort of five points separating first to sixth. But um, but it is interesting to see that Norwich, Bournemouth and Watford are the top three whether or not that's just because they've got stronger squads naturally from being in the Premier League and perhaps slightly deeper squads um, remains to be seen. But, uh, yeah, it's it's noteworthy. But, um, you, you know, it, it is still quite early in the grand scheme of the Championship and there's always that one team who seemingly makes a run at it um, from sort of January onwards. So, uh, mm. yeah, we'll, we'll see. But, they're, you know, Swansea are doing very well again. Yeah. Uh, Brentford around there, around there as well. Brentford around there as well. You know they always seem to be in and around there. Um, so yeah, I mean the only team you know know what for fan would would want to see try and make a late run or try and improve in the course of the season is Luton, of course, who are currently twelfth and you know yeah, just four points, points off the playoffs. 
That's four a... points off the playoffs, seven points off Watford, though. So I think a lot of Watford fans will be happy with that at this stage. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, as far down as they as they can be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, it's fine. I'm, uh... I think you know it's 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 one of those rivalries which I think has probably been dampened a teeny teeny bit just because Watford haven't played them for so long at this point. It no, been, no. It's yeah. It's um... been nice this season to actually uh, play play your rivals rather than uh, you know sort of not not even knowing about them it, it, it's nice to have a rivalry really um you know people will, will mock it and uh, and uh, you know say you know it's better if they're mm. back in the non league again but uh, it's nice to be able to play the, the you know the team that you want to beat because otherwise how can you prove that you're the best right yeah exactly and i think you know over the course of time other rivalries i don't think start up deliberately uh to try and create that feeling but obviously the the Watford uh, Bournemouth rivalry is sort of developed over the last few years whether or not that's partly been heightened because Luton weren't around to really fixate on I don't know um but you know it is nice to have that rivalry uh, back um obviously another new rivalry largely created by Troy Deeney is Watford Arsenal (laughs) (laughs) but uh but you know that doesn't look like it will happen uh, this season unless they meet in the FA Cup but um but yeah as you say it's nice to have it is nice to have Luton back just solely so you can have that that sort of little glance at the table every now and then and go oh yeah oh yeah look at we're seven points ahead of you um so we'll see where they are in the season um you know, I think there are a lot of Watford fans who would like them to go down again, but uh, you know, I don't think they probably will. Looking at where they are at this point and how they've done, yes, unfortunately not at this stage. Uh, <laughs> right, okay. Finally, Adam, your score prediction for Wednesday? Uh, let's go. I'm going to go two-one Watford. Two-one Watford. I'd take that. I'd take that all day, even though. Forest aren't in a great position at the minute. I'd still take any victory that we can get. Right, that's Adam Newson, then football journalist, and you can follow him on Twitter for what is always great quality content at Adam Newson. Next up, then we'll be chatting to host of Nottingham Forest podcast, Walking on Water, Luke Turton. Oh no! Oh, Mitch, you've sliced that one. Oh, oh, man, that's just getting embarrassing now. Right, that's it. I'm sorting this out. Hello? Is that Nick Pinnett's Golf Academy? Can you fit me in for a few lessons, please? Oh, terrific. Whew. Yes. Blimey, what a shot. What in the world has happened to your game? If your game could do with some improving, get in touch with Nick Pinnock's Golf Academy, based in Panshanger. Nick is a PGA qualified coach who can analyse your game with the latest technology and coach you to beating your mates in no time. For more details, Google Nick Pinnock's Golf Academy. Right, now let's turn our attentions to the midweek fixture. This Wednesday, Watford are on the road to Nottingham Forest. As just about Forest, it's the host of the Nottingham Forest podcast, Walking on Water, Luke Turton. Luke, welcome to the Watford Buzz. Forest finished seventh in the championship last season under Sabri Lamucci, but it, it didn't start that well for him this season, losing four in the row, and he was sacked and replaced within 30 minutes, actually, in favour of Chris Hewton. You've played another nine since then, so give us a bit of a reflection on that decision and also your thoughts so far on how the season's been. Well, I think that going off last season, 
we had basically a hangover of failing to make the playoffs after um, basically losing 4-1 to Stoke. I think the issues were there to see mainly throughout the season were too defensive, we weren't scoring enough goals and at the end of the day, Sabri Lamushi probably deserved to get the sack but hiring Chris Hutton is the only part of fixing it. The board have to actually accept that they can't interfere with team selections otherwise it's just going to go exactly the same way as before. What has Chris uh, brought to the team since he's been him brought in? I'd like to say that Chris Hutton has stabilised our defence a bit. I can't really say that after the last two games because we conceded four goals and scored none. But <laughs> yeah, he, he has improved results slightly because we went from four straight defeats to then only having one defeat in the previous seven. So he stopped the defeats happening consistently. This is prior to our game against Swansea. So after today's game it could be three straight defeats but I like to be optimistic <laughs> Did the uh, the managerial switch up have what you think is the desired result like in terms of um, the, the way you're moving forward or, or have you have you seen better performances under Hewton than you saw initially under uh, Samucci this season? There hasn't been a lot of change style wise we've we've kind of not really still play to the attacking player's strengths. It's mainly trying to squeeze out results away from home and then try and play a bit better at home. But we're still we're still not there yet. I think there's still a lot more progress to do with the players that we've got. We've got Lyle Taylor, Harry Arter, Anthony Knockhart, Joe Lolly, Amiobi. We've got players that really are attacking players and we're just not utilising them to their strengths at the moment. Hmm. Did Harry Arter, one of those players that you, you brought in, do you think the transfer business was affected by the, the shake-up with the manager? I couldn't understand why we were making 15 signings after finishing 7th in the table. We lost key players like Matty Cash to Aston Villa hmm. and Ben Watson to Charlton and really our replacements of Cyrus Christie and Jack Holback just aren't at the same level and we're signing players like Cafu, Fouad Bashiru, Abdulu Diallo, who really, Forest fans don't much of an idea of who they actually are. Mm. Anthony Knockhart as well on loan from Fulham. It's someone that uh, Watford fans obviously know very well because of that famous uh, playoff semi-final. But, uh, you know, it's, it's a decent signing really on loan from Fulham. Yeah, Knockhart's a decent player and he's been... last. Couple, well, he didn't play the last game, but he played um, against Barnsley and his link-up play with Joe Lolly was one of the positives from the game. But we then changed it and played Amiobi and Lolly in the next game and against Bournemouth and just weren't as good. So maybe Knockhart starts today and then starts again against Watford. I'm not too sure. But Knockhart has been a bit inconsistent this season and probably was last season for Fulham as well which is why they decided to loan him out when mm. they got to the Premier League How do Forest set up then this season? What's their what's their main style of play, their main formation? 4-2-3-1 uh, with two very similar central midfielders in Colback and Ryan Yates they okay. very much pass it sideways and backwards and if you listen to Alan Shearer's thing on Match of the Day for Newcastle, it very much is exactly the same for Forrest. We go sideways, backwards, and then have no real movement off the ball. Right. 
So that's the something that you'd like to see improved going forward then. And, and do you think Chris Hewton is the man that can, that can do that? Chris Hewton is definitely the man given the time and given probably another transfer window to finally tune the attacking options because we very are defensive heavy at the moment with probably, I think I counted six or seven defensive midfielders compared to the one attacking midfielder. Mm. Are, are you worried at the minute, Luke? Are you, are you worried that you, you might slip further down the table? I don't think I'm worried with the fact of relegation. I'm just worried of the fact of maybe us not giving Chris Hewton enough time. We seem to have this reputation of it's going wrong, let's change it. Mm. What about Watford then this season? Have you, have you managed to see any of the, the highlights of the Watford games? Are there a team that you you think will be a tough one or, or do you think it'll be easier? What what's, what's your opinion of that? I look at the table and I notice Watford are way above Forest in the table and this is one of our hardest runs of the season. So, yeah, I'm generally worried about any side that we come up against at the minute because Forest try to kind of keep it tight and we try to be very defensive but we're not very good at defending at the minute so <laughs> I, I, I imagine that, um, that there might be some some Watford players that uh, you think particularly could could do some damage if, if you don't you know get get the basics right on on Wednesday yeah Saar Dini you've got to find your Chalabar as well who came on loan to Forest a few seasons ago yeah. So he could be another one that want, has a point to prove. Did he play well at Forest when he was there? No, he was very... Uh, he tried to think he was bigger than he was because he came from Chelsea at the time on loan to Forest and they were paying him big money and he reckoned that he was the next um, Stephen Gerrard or Frank Lampard, but actually he really wasn't. <laughs> OK. Yeah, well, before the season uh, started, I expect... Playoffs was was kind of the uh, the minimum target almost, but uh, do you think those targets have been adjusted since uh, the first quarter of the season has gone now, and, and and for us to sitting where they are? I think our playoffs target was very much in doubt after the four games at the start of the season when we lost all four of them, especially to teams like QPR, Barnsley, Huddersfield. We were playing sides which really our squad on paper, I know football's not played on paper but on paper we should be beating those sides and then now we're coming up against the Watfords, Norwich, Reading, Swansea, we came up against Bournemouth the other night and we're basically just getting a lesson in how to play football from sides that have been in the Premier League before us. You just look at the movement from the Bournemouth players, it was basically making our movement look shocking to be honest or non-existent. Mm. So you think that the, it was the right choice to replace Lamucci then? Because obviously he was, you know, he had a great season last last year. Obviously it tailed off towards the end and that's probably the reason why they didn't make the playoffs rather than climbing up the table and just missing out. It was more of a case of they were in those areas, weren't they? And then they sort of slipped down and down and finally outside of the, the table. So do you think that, it, you know, he was always going to be harshly looked on this season if, if and, and then ultimately... You know that the decision was taken four games in when it didn't work out for him, or do you think that he it just didn't start off well this season, but that you expected some some good things from him this year? 
I think the reason he got sacked was more the three wins in 20 games at the back end of last season mm. and he had a meeting with our owners and was basically told it had to improve this season otherwise he'd get the sack and basically four losses at the start of the season especially after the uh, cup game against Barnsley when our owner pulled all the playing all the players and the uh, coaching staff onto a Zoom meeting and basically told them promotion is the aim and at the minute we are looking pretty shocking and improvements had to be made. We had too many days off, they were lazy in training, etc, etc. Our manager, no, our owner, sorry, wasn't um, very impressed and... You know, the manager pays the price for what he does in training at the end of the day. What's the uh, the fan relationship like with the owner? Is, is, there, is something happy there at Nottingham Forest? I think it's more a case of a criticism of the people he's hired, like Trust and uh, Fanquas Modesto, the uh, recruitment guy. They tend to make it very difficult from what I've been reading on social media after the uh, Bournemouth game. And... Uh, bit of uh, news that came out was we tried to force out our left back on deadline day by sending removal men to his house even though he didn't actually want to go to Greece oh that's 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 shocking if you can't you can't be sending bailiffs around to uh, to someone's house um well Luke obviously the news has come out that uh, football fans are, are going to be returning to stadiums as long as they're in tiers one and two Nottingham though is in tier three how gutting is it that you're still going to have to wait to get back in the stadium at a time when other fans are going to be able to, to go in and, and and watch their teams? Well, we're in tier three, but at the same time, I put the point across of, one, why is it acceptable to go to football but not sit in your granddad's house? But also, you look at how Forrest are playing at the moment, and to be honest, it's a painful watch on TV or on the iFollow, so... I don't think you're particularly looking forward to going back just to watch kind of exactly what you're watching already on TV. <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. Um, was you a season ticket holder uh, last season and the year before? Yeah, I've been a season ticket holder for three years and to be honest, this season we are actually looking like we are going backwards instead of forwards. So do you, do you miss going to the, to the stadium and, and all the... The regular things that went along with that, you know, buying a pie or, or maybe a, 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 a drink and, and just um, enjoying the atmosphere. Yeah, there's that sort of thing that you do miss. But, you know, the football, <laughs> to be honest, has been great for a few years. We keep changing managers and expecting it to work. And I just want to scream probably for both Forest and Watford. Stability. Good stuff. Well, well uh, let's end on a score prediction then, Luke. What do you think the score might be on Wednesday? Hmm difficult one I'll have to go for a 2-1 Forest win 2-1 Forest win I don't blame you going that way but uh, I hope it doesn't happen just for Watford fans but uh, that's Luke Turton there from Walking on Water podcast and if you want to check out their episodes you can find them on Twitter at Podcast Walking well my thanks to Luke for joining us and of course Adam earlier on in the show that's it for today's episode but we'll be back again after the Forest game to hopefully chat about another Watford victory so from me Matt Messiano, we'll see you next time
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.